0: this is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on faith fm if you would like to listen to the live show alive and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on faith fm breakfast show then simply download the faith fm app available on apple or android platforms welcome back everybody this is encounter with god time here on faith fm where we can just get into our bible study and before we do we have a clue for our quiz Gemma.
1: The next clue is God said he gave every green plant to Adam for this.
0: Okay. Yes, he gave green plants for this. This is a very good clue. It is a very I good like clue. that clue. Mm,
1: better than the first one.
0: Yeah, y- yes.
1: But piece it together with all the clues we've given you so far and you should be able to get it right.
0: That's right. Absolutely. We were just Gemma and I were just chatting off here, here for a moment about the uh, Liam. Liam stopped in to mention that the uh, Ruby, about talk about the Ruby Princess um, docking in Port Kembla, and uh, yeah, would you would you go for a cruise on that ship I after it's all over? Would not go on that anywhere ship.
1: near that ship. <laughs> I would not go anywhere near that ship,
0: even though you know the virus will be. Dead on that ship like it only survives like seventy two hours or something right? If or on I
1: knew with a hundred percent certainty that they had scrubbed and disinfected every single nook and cranny of the entire ship then maybe, okay, maybe but very hesitantly I'm gonna say no.
0: Would it would it be disturbing to your mind if if you were given a cabin where somebody had yes, th- contracted yes the... Yes,
1: yes, like absolutely a little bit People died, okay? They're, they're like, like no, nah, I can't. Would you? Would you go on the ship?
0: Depends what kind of deals they were offering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, we need to be praying for uh, for you know, the people that are um, still on that ship for sure. Absolutely. Okay, so um, that is something that is happening right now, but it is entirely off the topic. Our topic today is all about the Bible. That's our topic for... Well, it's that topic for the next uh, three months. And this week in particular, we are going to be looking at the subject of the origin and nature of the Bible. Ooh. And today in particular, we are looking at the divine... Revelation of the Bible and our passage is one of my favorites in in this subject it is second Peter chapter one verse 19 through 21 so Gemma let's turn over there very quickly and let's what, see what Peter has to say for us because Peter had some rather unique experiences that few other people had okay first Peter second Peter chapter 1 verse uh, 19 what have you got for us there gemma
1: Because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and Christ the morning star shines in your hearts. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in scripture ever came from the prophets' own understanding, or from human initiative. No, these prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God.
0: Okay, so here we've got a really important passage, um, and just give me the first line that you read there again, if you could. Because of that experience. Okay. Oh, stop right, right, right there. Clearly, this Ooh. passage is going to make no sense unless we understand what that experience was, yeah. because it says, because of that experience, What?
1: Yeah, but where did the, we got to go before the because. Otherwise yeah, before the because. No but then,
0: read, read, read on now because I stopped you because of that experience. We
1: have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets.
0: Okay. So, he says because of that experience, we have greater confidence in what the prophets have said. Yes. Okay. So, we've got to figure out what that experience is. Mm-hmm. Now, let me share that with you from the King James Version where it says this. Because I like this one. Obviously, this is my
2: favorite. Yes.
0: Anyway, uh, where, where we, we were in verse uh, 19. 19 where it says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. The key word Ooh. here is the word also. Yes. Because the word also presumes that something has just been said. We have said this and we are also going to say this. Right. And what he is also saying, the more sure, sure word of prophecy, uh, or prophecy is more sure than the event that already that preceded it. Yeah. So it's the one that becomes before the also. The prophecy comes after that, and prophecy is more sure than this previous event. We need to know what this previous yeah, event so was. so like
1: the experience, the previous event, they're like 75% sure, but now that they've got – the prophetic voice that's come after—they're like, "Oh yeah, we're we're more certain. We're like a hundred percent, or we're like ninety-nine point nine percent more sure now."
0: Yes, that's one way of looking at it. Yeah. Another way of looking at it is you've got two ways of confirming the accuracy of and the authenticity of the Bible. Mm. You can do it through this method, or you can do it through this method. And out of the two, this one's more the second sure. one yeah. is more Sweet. sure. But we still need to know what the first one was. We still need to know what the first one was. Cool. Okay, so let's back up and let's give ourselves a little bit of context here. Context is always important when studying the Bible. Um, where will we go back to? <laughs> let's try verse uh, 15. Where do you start from this verse 15? Let's see if we can get some context here.
1: So I will work hard to make sure you always remember these things after I am gone for we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ we saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes when he received honor and glory from God the Father the voice from this majestic glory of God said to him this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy we overheard oh we ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain
0: okay all right, so let's consider this holy mountain and the experience that took place there. What was that experience? They heard the voice of God. They heard the voice of God the Father, audibly speaking. Oof, that's an experience. Yeah, yeah, that's really up there. I mean, that's up there with Moses and people like that. And what did they see on the mountain?
1: We saw his majestic splendor.
0: Okay, let's let's go back and let's have a look and and let's read that. You'll find that story in Matthew chapter seventeen. So let's go back to Matthew chapter seventeen and let's remind ourselves of what it is that is actually taking place on this mountain because we need to we need to compare and to contrast these two experiences, these two evidences that Peter has for the authenticity, the trustworthiness, the accuracy of the Bible as God's word. Yes. Okay, Matthew chapter 17. Why don't you start for us in verse 1. Let's begin by finding out who was there.
1: Six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and led them up a high mountain to be alone.
0: Okay, so who goes there?
1: James, John, Peter, Jesus.
0: That's right. So four of them go up into the mountain. And what happens in verse 2?
1: As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light.
0: Now I don't know about you, but that would catch my attention. I'd be a little bit freaked out, to be honest. Indeed. Then who else turns up?
1: Suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus.
0: Okay, let's think about let's think about this for a moment. How does Elijah get to be there?
1: Suddenly.
0: Okay, suddenly he okay, appears. Yeah, suddenly he, just, appears. Just, just, but, he just rocks up. But he's like from, dead. you know, a thousand years before this. Yeah, he's,
1: he's well and truly dead.
0: Elisha is. But this is Elijah.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Elijah. Oh, yeah, it's with a J. Yeah,
0: Yeah, this <laughs> is the one with a J. Who, so what happened to it? Elijah? went to heaven. Okay, so he never died. No, he just ascended to heaven. So we can understand why it's possible... That Elijah turns up. But Moses, on the other hand... Yes. He's, Moses, yeah, exactly. He's dead. That's exactly. Like, that's, Moses, yeah, on the other hand. I Moses was right. Moses on the other Moses hand. Moses
1: should be dead. Long dead. Yeah, right?
0: Well, you would think so. You would think apparently not. But he's not. Uh, how do we know... What, 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 what happened here? If we go over to Jude, the book of Jude, one of my favourite Bible writers. This guy was like a confrontationalist. He did not hold back in his preaching at all. He just like... Fire and brimstone right here. But anyway, let's read uh, Jude chapter 1, verse 9. Gemma.
1: Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. But even Michael, one of the mightiest of the angels, did not dare accuse the devil of blasphemy, but simply said, the Lord rebuke you. This took place when Michael was arguing with the devil about Moses' body.
0: Okay, so who is Michael? Michael is the person, the Bible says, who called the dead to life. You find that in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse uh, 16 through 18. Cool. So that's Jesus Christ. Sweet. If you've got questions on that, got a whole Bible study on it, happy to send it to you, 1-800-324-843. Give us a call or text us on 0491-064-669. But yeah. Okay, so here you've got an interesting situation. So Judy's talking about something that has taken place in the past where Jesus has come down and had an argument with Satan on, Over the body of Moses. And the question is, why would he be arguing over the body of Moses? Wouldn't that argument take place at the resurrection, not back then?
2: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
0: And so, what you've got is very simply, you have a situation where Moses was resurrected. Yes. Michael comes down and argues, because Michael is the one who called the dead to life, Mm -hmm. and Michael argues with Satan Mm -hmm. over the body of Moses. Therefore, we have Moses being resurrected and brought back to life. So Moses is in heaven. Elijah is in heaven. Enoch is in heaven. Nice. I kind of wish Enoch had been there on this day. But anyway, Enoch wasn't there. (laughs) Uh, It was just these particular two. And, okay, let's stop and think about their conversation for a moment. What do you think they talked about? Oh, man. What a question. Because the Bible says, uh, in verse 3, Behold, there appeared under them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus.
1: I don't know. Jesus is kind of glowing like a glow stick at this point. So, what like, what...
0: Okay, I'd but like, that would not what be... What kind of conversation would they be that, having? Like, that would I've, not be unusual for them because they're used to seeing him like that. Oh, good point. Good, you know, they've well, been, yeah, they've good been point. seeing him they've like that for like a thousand for, years. Yeah, okay,
1: so that's kind of normal to them. So I guess they wouldn't be talking about that. Um,
0: oh, man. Okay, What's about to about, take
1: place, potentially? And why
0: would that be particularly important to Moses and Elijah? Because, be, hmm. Why would Jesus' death, which is obviously going to be the most abnormal thing that the universe has ever seen why would that be particularly relevant to them
1: i mean i know why it's relevant to me but i don't understand okay, right, the let's same, start there wouldn't it be the same reason <clears throat> that it's relevant to them
0: but maybe slightly differently why is it relevant to you
1: jesus's death and resurrection
0: yeah but why is that relevant to you
1: because jesus's resurrection means that i get resurrected
0: okay and after you're resurrected then what do you get to do i get to go to heaven and then you, once you get there. But they're heaven, already
1: in heaven, though, so that's why I'm like, well, my okay, so reasoning... so if
0: Jesus doesn't die, what happens?
1: Do they get to stay in heaven? No. Yeah, okay, see, There's now no I understand salvation. that's There's, what they're talking uh, about that's because right. that means uh-huh. they can't stay in heaven then. It yeah. means that if Jesus doesn't resurrect and there we no are saved through resurrection, salvation doesn't exist, which means we don't get to be saved, if which Jesus, means they don't get to stay in heaven. All right, if I got Jesus
0: it. Jesus doesn't die the only other opportunity, the only other method that God has for ridding the universe of the virus of sin is by killing everybody who's a sinner.
1: So, yeah, pulling a Noah again, which he said that he wouldn't do.
0: Yeah, but this time without but Noah. Permanently,
1: yeah, yeah with uh, Noah Doing a time, Noah,
0: yeah. no, Doing a Noah without Noah. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of important for them, isn't
1: it? A L- little bit, yeah. Oh, and the other thing,
0: okay, now... conversation. That would now, be a
1: heavy conversation.
0: Now put your place yourself in Jesus' shoes. Okay. So these are his good mates. He's been hanging out with them for the last thousand years or so, right? Yeah, cool, cool. In heaven, face to face. Yeah. And they lose everything. Jesus knows they lose everything, and he loses them if he doesn't die. So he's got two choices, he doesn't he? He can continue through and go through with his death, Mm. in which case he will never see these people again. Mm. Or he can be like no i can't handle this whole death thing and shrink away from it and be like this is horrific and go back to heaven in which case you know you you see that you see where jesus and you see how motivating this would be for jesus and here's the other thing these two people are a guarantee that his sacrifice is going to be acceptable because they are there based on the promise that his sacrifice is acceptable And so they are proof that what he is doing is actually going to work. Mm. And in Moses and Elijah, what you have is really a representative, one who is a representative of, you know, in Moses, all those who will die and be resurrected, and in Elijah, all those who will never die and be taken to heaven without dying. We call that translation. Nice. Nice got nothing to do with one language to another, it means being taken to heaven.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and so yeah, that's um, my life goals right there is to be translated. <laughs> translated? Yeah, yeah nice. definitely, definitely. I don't know whether that's a good thing to wish for well, or boy, not, yeah. but I hey, it's a very human thing to wish for and I'm a very human person.
1: And I mean this makes sense with what happens because Jesus, you know, is praying that, you know, let this cup be taken from me, but let your will be done, not mine, kind of thing. So that whole argument of you know, if Jesus didn't die, if Jesus didn't resurrect, you know, he's saying, leave it up to God.
0: Yeah, indeed. Okay. Um, <clears throat> all right. So we've got these people. Th- this here. Let's 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 just finish out the story that we've got um, before we go back to Peter, because this is a really important story. Uh, why don't you read for us verse four and five? Where are we? Uh, ooh, yeah, we've good
1: We've gone back to Matthew. Matthew
0: chapter seventeen, verse four and five.
1: Seventeen, verse four and five. Verse 4, Peter exclaimed, Lord, it's wonderful for us to be here. If you want, I will make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Okay, let's
0: stop there for a moment. So, Peter's always, he's always the, he's always the one who wants to do something. Yeah. And he's always the one who opens his mouth without thinking. <laughs> He's like, okay, let's, uh, yeah, let's not ever go anywhere else. Let's just live here for the rest of our lives.
1: Let's just set up camp. Right we'll just, just
0: set up camp. We have a glorified Jesus. We have Moses and Elijah. This will be a great place to be. Everything's great. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to be anywhere else but right here. You can kind of see his uh, yeah. where where he's coming from, and I think any one of us who had been there on that day would have been in the same. Uh, Situation, and I think that, and this is this is just my opinion. Mm. I think Peter had a suspicion that this was all going to vanish very, very quickly and easily. And he's like, "I just want to hold onto it while I can." How can I make this last longer? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll build you a house. (laughs) Let me build you a house. I'll start right now. (laughs) I will build you a house, and we all three can live here because, like, it's gonna end. It's gonna stop. I don't want it to stop. How can I make it stop? A house is the solution. Let's just build a house. (laughs) Yeah, you, you've got to love Peter, right? you just got to love the guy. I mean, come on, give him a break. He's
1: practical. I'll give him that.
0: He's practical yeah. and he doesn't think that much before he speaks. No. He just speaks.
1: But sometimes he makes the best of, you know, my favourite verses in the Bible are things that Peter
0: says. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Indeed. Okay, so um, what happens? Verse 5.
1: Verse 5, but even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him.
0: Okay, so I can kind of see Peter like, don't go, don't go, don't go, I'll build you a house, don't go, keep it all here. And then the cloud comes like, I knew that was going to (laughs) happen. I could sense it was about to happen. But he hears the voice of God. You know, when 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 the story all comes to an end, Peter and James and John, they don't have anything to complain about, mm. um, because they've had this exceptional experience that is going to stay with them the rest of their lives. You know, John has this experience again, not with Moses and Elijah, but with Jesus in his glorified form um, at the be- beginning of the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, James, of course, you know, dies very young, and Peter here. Um, you know, th- this is this is this is something powerful—a testimony that he can share. That when he does so, you know, John is the only one who can share this testimony with him. They're, they're the only two left alive that can share this testimony mm. when, when he shares it in Second Peter. Okay, verse uh, six and seven.
1: The disciples were terrified and fell face down to the ground. Then Jesus came over and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And verse eight. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah were gone and they saw only Jesus.
0: And as they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them saying, Tell the vision to nobody until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. Mm. That'd be a big secret to see it on, wouldn't it?
3: Ooh,
1: That'd be be tough. I just saw your face glowing, one person who's in heaven and one person who's meant to be dead all standing in front of me, having a conversation and I'm not meant to tell anyone about that.
0: Have you met a celebrity? Sure. Who have you met?
1: Chris Hemsworth.
0: Okay, you've met Chris Hemsworth. That's worth talking about, right? Kind of, I bet after, yeah. after you met Chris Hemsworth, you wanted to tell people, yeah, I met Chris Hemsworth the other day, right?
1: Yeah, talk about it a bit. Yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. Now, just imagine you've met Moses and Elijah. Oh, That's that, next that'd level. That'd be way
1: more exciting. I'm like, yeah, okay, I met Chris Hemsworth. If I met Moses and Elijah, whoa, okay. <laughs> you'd know about it, okay? You would, you would know.
0: And then Jesus comes in and says, okay, you can't tell anyone. Oh... Uh... Disappointment.
2: That would Shattered. be, it'd be oh.
0: super tough. That would be incredibly hard to deal with. And this is what Jesus does. Don't tell anyone until after I'm resurrected. They can't even tell the other disciples.
2: <laughs> Ouch.
0: I mean, I guess there was enough division amongst his disciples already without having to add this one to the mix. <laughs> um, but they were certainly had freedom to talk about it after he was risen. It's interesting they say that he talks about you know until after. Um, he has risen and yet when he dies they completely forget the most dramatic experience of their life and what jesus said at the end of that mm. um but anyway that's uh that's 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 what takes place going well, to listen to Shane and Shane oh worship
2: the king. Oh, worship the
0: Shane with Oh Worship the King here on The Breakfast Show. Another clue there. Gemma, what do you got?
1: The next clue is Paul says we should be content with this and clothing.
0: All right. It's a pretty good clue. What is this? (laughs) What is it? Come on, guys. What is it? If you can figure this out, Often offered to idols. That was the clue that gave it away for me. Mm-hmm. 1-800-324-843 is the number to call or text us on 0491-064-669. That is 1-800-FAITH-FM. And a book about the story of Joseph coming your way. A
1: book about the story of One Joseph.
0: One of the greatest Bible stories of the Bible and definitely Gemma's favorite. So uh, that's what's happening today. Dare. Um, okay. Okay. So, and also, of course, don't forget Saturday morning, 9.30, 10.30, small group Bible study right here. Don't miss out on your weekend um, worship service Bible study. We'll be doing it on Saturday morning. Where are we up to? We were talking about the transfiguration. Yes. Transfiguration being a big theological term that means that Jesus' figure was changed, trans change, figure changed. His figure was changed, and he became bright and shining, and Moses and Elijah were there. Okay, so Peter has this experience. Yes. And in uh, if we now go back to second Peter, Second Peter chapter one, and this is where we first started. In verse nineteen, this is the very first verse that we were given. The Bible says we have also, so now we know what the also is. Mm -hmm. We have the experience on the mountain of transfiguration. Mm -hmm. We have the experience of meeting Jesus and Moses and Elijah in their glorified form and literally physically hearing the voice of God the Father himself personally speaking to us. That's an experience. And we also have prophecy. So Peter says, we have, you know, himself and John, because James is dead, but we have these two things. Mm-hmm. We have both of these. Now, what I find interesting is that he then goes on to say, and he says, and the prophecy is more sure than the eyewitness experience.
1: Which is nuts.
0: That is absolutely nuts. Which that is, is mind bonkers. blowing when you think about it. When Peter speaks about okay, what is it that is going to actually be rock solid evidence of the authenticity and the trustworthiness of the word of God?
1: It's not that, you know, he's seen Jesus glowing and he's heard the voice of God. No, That's it's prophecy. It. It's prophecy. It
0: Prophecy's prophecy is more powerful crazy. for him than that experience on the mountain. It's crazy. Yeah, that is. <sighs> And, and the great thing about this, of course, is that prophecy is available to you and I.
1: See, now that's, that's yep, wow.
0: So we have the more sure evidence that Peter had. And, you know, there'd be a lot of people like, oh, well, if God exists, why doesn't he you write know, it in flames of fire across the sky? <laughs> or why doesn't he just come and show himself to me? Well, for Peter, he's like, well, you know what? Um, he has. I've, I've had both experiences. And between the two, prophecy, which is available to you right now without mm. God riding himself across the sky or standing in front of you in glowing form. Is more sure. Is more powerful. Wow. He's given you the more powerful one. Why Why are you asking for the lesser one? Mm. So when somebody asks you that question, it's like, okay, ask that question to somebody who had that experience and they're going to tell you that there's actually a more conclusive way of knowing that God exists. <sighs> And that is the fact that there is a thing called prophecy. Nice. In fact, if we go back to Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah. Uh, Let's go to Isaiah 44. There's actually a series of uh, 45, I think. There's a series of verses here. But let's go to 45 and verse 5. And here God is speaking to Cyrus, the Persian. Cyrus the Great, that is. Mm Mm-hmm. But he's speaking to Cyrus the Great 150 years before Cyrus the Great is going to read this, Oof. 100 years before he was born. That's crazy. Okay. And he speaks to Cyrus and he says, I'm the Lord. I'm God. There's no one else. There's no God beside me. I girded you, though you did not know me. I, I, I clothed you. I, I, I set you up. You, you, didn't, you never knew me before now. But just in case you're wondering, I'm God and there is no other. Uh, You live in a pagan world, I get that, I understand that, where there are a multitude of gods, none of them are gods. I'm God. It's a bold statement. Big statement. But then he backs it up. Notice how God backs it up. Well, he he continues on, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me, I am the Lord, there is no one else. I create light and create darkness, make peace, create evil. I, the Lord, do all of these things. And for evidence, what evidence does he give Cyrus? Well, he says, uh, For Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, mine elect, I have called you by name. I have surnamed you, though you did not know me. Oof. So God comes to Cyrus and says, like, Okay, this is, this is how it is. I'm God. There's no one else. That's it. End of story. Um, there is just... You know, that's all there is to it. Full stop. Full stop. Yeah. Okay, here's the evidence. Here's the evidence you need that I am God. I gave you your name 100 years before you were born.
2: Mm.
0: I, I gave you your, I, I described your occupation. I described what you would do in relationship to my people. I described in detail how you would take the city of Babylon. I did all of this 100 years before you were born. Impossible. Try that with any of your other gods. <laughs> yeah you know yeah, and see what happens. Big talk. yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the same thing exists today. We are surrounded by people who proclaim themselves to be you know like gods or have you know, the gift of prophecy or whatever else it might be, and there's tarot card readers and palm readers and numerologists. you know if they could all tell the future like God could. Guess what? The lotto would not exist. <laughs> Very simple formula, right there. If it was a thing, if they could do it, that would not exist. Okay, uh, where are we up to? Oh, okay, let's go back to Second uh, Peter. In fact, let's go over to let's go over Second Timothy. Second, let's let's look at another passage here, and this one's in Second Timothy, um, and this one comes out in our Bible study as well today. And this is Paul now writing. And I want you to notice what Paul says in relationship to the Word of God. So, Chapter 3. Peter, Peter basically says, if you want evidence, the greatest evidence is that God can tell the future. A third of the Bible is made up of prophecy. It's the only sacred book that has predictive prophecy. Mm. You know, you, 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 writings of other religions have philosophy, but this one has predictive prophecy. And it bases its claim to authenticity on that. It is unique in that respect and Peter tells us that's it that's the best evidence that there is okay where were we second peter chapter 3 verse 15 please Jamar.
1: you have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus
0: and of course here paul is speaking about the old testament yeah uh, and we need to remember that he then goes on to speak because some people sort of devalue the Old Testament somewhat, mm-hmm. try and claim that the God of the Old Testament is different from the God of the New Testament, mm. uh, try and tr- say that salvation is different in the Old Testament mm. than what it is in the New. The Bible writers of the New Testament continually refute that argument. You can
1: kind of see where they get that argument from, but as soon as you like start to unpack it and actually look at the Bible as a whole, Then it just makes no sense. Yeah. If you're looking at the Old Testament by itself without the New Testament, then it looks kind of, God looks a little bit different. But when you take the Bible as a whole, absolutely makes perfect sense. Yep.
0: All right. Well, we're out of time, but the Bible says all scripture is inspired of God, it is good for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness. And let's keep it to our hearts.
4: the river running dry and around the gums dads and mums lay with dogs under open skies and let the days slip by with Measure.
0: then want to encourage you to share God's love with those around you to stay positive and to stay connected in this virus season Check on your neighbors, especially elderly neighbors as they may be unable to visit the shops or see family due to quarantines A note under the door or a letter in the mailbox works too if you want to maintain your distance Little things like this make a huge difference to someone who might be struggling to get by
2: To Faith FM, positively different radio. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au.
3: Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up when there's pain. Oh
0: Listening to Gavin Chatalia. With uh, Keep Looking Up, it is time for a question of the day. We still have uh, a prize available for the quiz. Should
1: we give them another clue? Do we have any more left? I've got one more clue.
0: Let's give it. 1 800 324 843.
1: I am food, kindling, or money.
0: Okay, which one of those three? You've got a one in three chance food, kindling, or money. 1 800 324 843 or text us on 0491 064 669.
1: And you will get a copy of the book, God Said It, The Life of Joseph. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Question of the day.
0: Yes. This
1: question says, what is your opinion about homosexual marriages and parenthood?
0: Okay, so once again, and uh, this is a series of questions that come through from the same person, I just need to remind us, uh, ourselves that, uh, or remind us that my opinion is not what is relevant. Amen. <laughs> um, you can share your opinion, anyone, anyone can share their opinion, but when it comes to Christianity, if we're going to come from the standpoint of Christianity, what's relevant is what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. There are a number of significant passages in the Bible that speak about homosexuality what we do need to remember is that the strongest language in the bible is and the majority of what the bible has to say about sexual sin mm-hmm. is not directed at homosexuals it's directed at straight people because obviously there's a much larger percentage of straight people yep. you know in the world and so you know 99% of what the bible says about sexual sin is going to be directed at uh straight people but there are a number of passages i think that that's six uh, significant passages that mm-hmm. speak about homosexuality yep now if you would like some reading matter on this i would suggest maybe you know romans chapter 1 is probably a good place to start because it pretty much covers everything it uses very very strong language and so if you are somebody who is same sex attracted you need to understand that when you read this passage hey there's going to be some strong language here mm um, and, you know, Paul is not holding back in what he's saying. Okay, so uh, the question is about marriage and children and families. So same-sex marriage, um, families and children and marriage. Uh, I, opposed, I opposed the uh, same-sex marriage um, vote that we had here in Australia. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I did so is both Biblical and societal. So biblically, the Bible says that you know, husband and wife are male and female. That's the biblical model. Yep. Uh, biblically, the Bible says, no, you should not practice or promote homosexuality. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the biblical model. The issue of marriage and the family from a societal perspective, and I'm going to share this from a societal perspective here this time, is really quite simple. When you... The reason that the Government regulates marriage is because the Government is trying to build good society, and the Government has recognized that good society is built by strong families
2: mm-hmm.
0: and so they regulate marriage they make it uh, you know you 've got to give you know a month 's notice to be able to get married in the, you know to begin with um, and then if you 're going to dissolve that marriage and have a divorce, there is a lengthy process. There are recommendations all the way through that you do counselling before you get married, that you do counselling before you get divorced or if you are struggling, etc. And the government provides, you know, information for, you know, people that are getting together um, and getting married. It doesn't want people, the government doesn't want people to just sort of do it on a whim and then break up on a whim, um, whatever it might be. Mm. So the government, the reason that the government regulates marriage is to build strong society because... All research, all research, which has nothing to do with religion, shows that a family unit is the foundation of a good society. Yep. Now, the other thing that all research, and this is universal, all research uh, indicates that the strongest building blocks of society is a family unit where children are raised by their biological parents. Mm. And so if you're going to build strong society and the government is going to involve itself in marriage, which is a religious institution, then the way that you do that is by providing for um, marriage relationships in which people can be, um, can, can be in a marriage r- relationship where the children are raised by their biological parents. That's the ideal if you legislate for less than the ideal, what you are legislating is for mediocrity. Now, lots of people say, oh, yeah, but there's lots of uh, young people who grow up in uh, single-parent homes and they do well. I get that. There are lots of young people who grow up in in uh, homes where people are are married and uh, they would be much better off to be raised by you know the homosexual couple down the street who are happy together, mm. and I get that as well. Mm. But you don't use the exception...
1: To make the rules. To yeah. make the
0: norm. Mm. To make the rules. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the reason from a societal perspective um, why I po- uh, oppose it. The, the Bible's quite clear on it, um, and there are a number of Bible passages that uh, we could look at. It. And as I mentioned, Romans chapter 1 is one that um, you could read if you've got any questions on that particular subject. Anyway, we're going to move on. This is Danny Goki with Tell Your Heart to Beat Again. speaker You're listening to Danny Gokey with Tell Your Heart to Beat Again. This is The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, and we have come to the end of the show, which means that we are going to give something away for free to the first caller through. You. Gemma, what have you picked out?
1: Best part of the show. We are going to be giving away a copy of The Acts of the Apostles by Ellen White. Fantastic book.
0: Yes, indeed. Right? We've been reading it about Paul and Peter, and this is all about Paul and Peter. Exactly. Because it's all about what the apostles did. Okay, so if you would like to get your free copy, then give us a call right now, 1-800-324-843. Make sure you save that number in your phone. You are going to need it. Or text us on 0491 064 669. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. And, of course, don't forget that this Saturday morning, as we will do throughout the pandemic, until it is over, there will be small group Bible study happening right here on Faith FM. Interactive small group Bible study. Had some great people calling in with some amazing ideas to share.
1: Is that going to be on the app too?
0: That is on the app. And so if you have family who are not dealing with the streaming systems or they just (laughs) want to be part of a small group Bible study, get them the app. Or just go to faithfm.com.au and press play. It is as simple as too easy as that, and you can be part of what will be happening here every Saturday morning. Matt Parra, myself, sometimes Gemma, sometimes Lawson. But let's remember to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and grow strong in Jesus Christ.